This episode is brought to you by On The Cue Productions. On The Cue Productions is a premier media production company whose goal is to educate and inspire the urban community on personal health, wellness, and fitness. They offer trailblazing and affordable video production, journalism, editing, public relations, and press services through their fresh live On The Cue Productions podcasts, books, short films, athleisure wear, and red carpet events. Like and follow on Facebook at On The Cube Productions, also on Instagram at On The Cube Productions, and Twitter at Live On The Cube. Before we get into today's episode, I did want to get to a couple of messages that we got from some of our listeners. Uh, Our first message is from Brian. Let's take a listen. Hey, Chris, it's Brian from Verona, New Jersey. Um, Great podcast on the water sphere. Uh, Just want to let you know that when my dad played on his office softball team, he played at that middle school. So I have a ton of great memories there. And I didn't know until today that when I was a five-year-old kid running around the outfield, I was running under the tallest water sphere in the nation. Appreciate that little tidbit of information. Talk to you later, bud. Thank you, Brian, for that feedback on my episode on the world's tallest water sphere. It's uh, good to know that you uh, were an athlete under its shadow. Uh, always good to hear from you, and uh, you can call in any time. Our next message, um, well, it's from someone who uh, who claims to be Macho Man Randy Savage, and I can't necessarily uh, condone all of the uh, messages and uh, words in this soundbite, but um, hey, I always give the listeners a voice, so let's take a listen to what Macho Man has to say. Let me tell you something, brother, in the words of the old, the late, great George Carlin, I could tell you some things you never see, you know what I'm saying? You never see a Rolls Royce with a bumper sticker that says, shit happens. You never see a big, tall, fat Chinese guy with red hair. You never see a wheelchair with a roll bar. You never see someone taking a shit while running at full speed. And you will never see a picture of British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher strapping on a dildo. Uh, I said dildo. Wow. Well, thank you, Macho Man, and I guess without further ado, please enjoy the show, everyone. Hello, and welcome to Things You Don't See Every Day with Chris Taliaferro. I am the aforementioned Chris Taliaferro, and joining me today is a very smart and uh, intelligent and uh, charismatic young man who has a very unique and interesting life experience that I thought fit 
the mold of what this show is all about. It's definitely something that you don't see every day. It is someone who, is work, who, who previously worked at NASCAR for almost a decade and, believe it or not, is a Black man. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Barnes. Kyle, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Man, how can I follow up that intro? Uh, man, this is uh, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you for uh, having me, man. I really, uh, I really appreciate you taking some time out to, to hear my story. Of course, of course. Um, why don't we just start from the beginning? I know we 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 talked a little bit about um, you know, your, your background behind this, you know, behind the scenes. You know, we we talked off air. Um, but uh, just you know, just for the people out there. So, how did you get into NASCAR? Start from the beginning. We got time. Oh man, well, uh, let's see. The uh, the details of it are actually pretty interesting. So, um, a little bit about my background. Firstly, I'm born and raised in the South, so I'm from South Carolina, mm-hmm. and um, racing obviously is a is a big part of the South and just quote unquote Southern culture. Um, even if you haven't been to a race or you're just watching TV, watching news, sports highlights. You're always going to see, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. came in 24th today at the Daytona 500. Like it, it, it's just through osmosis, you kind of always right, saw it. Right. So, um, always being into television, being into sports, uh, played sports as a kid, played football, the little league, pee wee stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've always been into sports. And then, uh, what's a theater kid? Uh, did a lot of school plays, did a lot of acting, things sure. like that. So I was always kind of into that medium. So just sports broadcast, you know, as I'm getting older, getting into school, just kind of seemed like a fit. Um, So obviously, you know, when you're in mass comm, you kind of wanting to have aspirations of, you know, I want Hollywood, I want to do movies and direct and things like that. Then as you get older, you start to kind of see the industry and see how things unfold. And you're like, okay, well, hey, as long as I'm working, I'm in a gig and I'm in my field, then, hey, you get a more realistic sense of kind of how the world works and, you know, kind of, you know, the machinations of everything. And, you know, it might not necessarily be worth it to, you know, pursue certain avenues with whatever, but as long as, like you said, as long as you're working, as long as, you know, you're, you're in the industry, in the field that you are, you know, that you pursuing, then you're on the right track. Right. I mean, every, it's like, uh, like I said, I'm a uh, mass communications major. I uh, went to Savannah state university mm-hmm. four year school. And then black school, it, it, I love HBCUs. I love the history and the psyche of them. However, it just, mm. it wasn't for me, um, that experience and not saying the black experience, but just the four year right. college student right. experience wasn't for me. So I kind of packed up, went to the tech school and started taking broadcast classes at a two year school mm. by the name of York Technical College in my hometown. So Everybody walks through the door, wants to be uh, Quentin Tarantino. I'm like, it's not happening. So, you know, as you're sitting there learning how to set up cameras, how to do lighting, how to do audio, uh, it's a three semester course. You take fall semester, spring, and then you take uh, summer. And in the summer, you have to do an internship. So, and our professor at the time made us look for our own. So he's like, hey, listen, he was Iranian. So he listened to me. You have to find something and do something that I cannot teach you. And I'm serious. That's Sharam, mm. I'm telling you, he's, he's a godsend. Um, one of the greatest teachers I've ever yeah. had. Easily. Mentor. Yeah. Cool as the other side of the pillow. So he's like, you need to learn or do something that I cannot teach you. So there was a job, there was a um, an internship sort of for the college basketball, the local college team, uh, Winthrop University in my home. 
um, their women's basketball team, the men's basketball team, and some uh, spring sports like baseball and stuff. And they're like, hey, we're wanting to broadcast and do some stuff online for our alumni. So, hey, would you, uh, does any students want to, you know, kind of learn the stuff and do it? Everybody's sitting on their thumbs. You want to jump at that like, opportunity. You, you want to be get right gig, in there. Number one. <laughs> it's a new it, brand. It's sports. I'm like, uh, <laughs> it was the slow <laughs> hand raise, like, hi. So I raised my hand. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do this. So that got me the acumen and learning how to do live sports, live television, uh, learning different, learning my camera angles, anticipation, knowing where the ball is going to go, knowing where you need to be set up at before the action mm. comes. So that got me that acumen. All the, all the while, while I was uh, working and doing classes, or excuse me, while I was working and doing um, work study mm. at the college, I was, you know, working kind of at the school library, you know. So, again, like, you got to get it. So, man, I'm I'm not working. I'm doing kind of school. I'm doing a little federal work study stuff. Mm. So, I'm working at the school library at, you know, at the college, checking in and out books, periodicals, things like that. So, kind of a weird whirlwind because I kind of took all of those skills and kind of just rolled it into one giant <laughs> spirit bomb and just dropped it on by the way. So like, <laughs> like I, Oh, come on now. Like, I mean, it was a straight Kamehameha wave of just skills. No, and I, just I know like, exactly you know what I mean? Just answering the right, phone. Yeah. like a uh, word processing etiquette. Yeah. So, um, third semester's here. Uh, long story short to say, I'm talking to my professor and I'm like, hey, man, working is cool. Doing a yeah. little uh, winter basketball thing is cool. I said, but I need a job. Like, you know, I've got I've got my degree. You know, I've I've put forth effort. I've got resume material now. Like I'm I'm sitting here doing basketball games and I'm doing right. baseball games and stuff. So I've got live sports uh, background. So he's he's like, come in, come into my office. He's like, um, there's actually a very interesting mm. um, position that I th- believe opened up at NASCAR. He's like, do you know anything about NASCAR? And I was like, funny you mentioned that. It just so happens that my roommate, <laughs> who, for lack of a better term, well, let's say he is a Southern aficionado. Um, <laughs> was, was this your, this your friend Josh that you told me about? Uh, in NASCAR. So while. Okay. Okay. Uh, actually, no. This is okay. uh, so his name. His name is Kale. Uh, I, I was going. I'll say his first name. His name is Kale. So, anyways, Kale is a. Uh, he used to drive, he used to drive, um, cars like model cars and like dirt track cars and go-karts and stuff. Sure. So he has a little bit of racing background, uh, not anything professional per se, but he definitely had the background. He was a huge fan. So I'm sitting there when we're living together on, on football Sunday, I'm trying to watch a game. I'm like, I'm a huge football fan, huge Dolphins fan. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to watch the NFL, man. Why are we watching these cars go around in circles? What are we doing? Like, Wait, who, like, who cares? He's like, oh, did you see that? I'm like, did I see him drive? Yeah. <laughs> In the same circle. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did, man. I did. But after a while, I started kind of understanding. He's like, man, you don't understand. It's a strategy. It's a setup. You know, when they come in, they're only taking two tires on this side because the last five laps, they've worn down the tires on the other side. So you have to change basically the what they call the camber or the toe like how your car right. is wedged or angled on the actual track so <laughs> he's sitting there teaching me all this stuff and i'm like damn i just thought you just hop in the damn car and go and he's like oh man he's like, 
everybody thinks that. And so then we're watching football and he's like, wait, so they just not running into each other. I'm like, Oh no, sir. I was like, you don't even understand. I was like, it's so intricate. There's plays, there's formations. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's, all, type, all different type of aspects. So, so uh, you guys kind of bonded in the no, sense so that you realized that so was there was cool. more to your uh, individual uh, hobbies or interests than may have met the eye at first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it was all an education thing. It was a trade-off. It was like, oh, okay, this is a little bit cooler right. than what I thought it was. And you're like, oh, okay, this is definitely a lot more hardcore than what I thought it was. It was like, so, so it was actually awesome that I got to get that little bit of uh, armchair quarterback, if you will, because that absolutely helped me into my interview. So when the position came open, basically NASCAR has car mm-hmm. owns it's all of its footage. So NASCAR was incepted in 1947, basically, and they so have raised the, the time we're talking about from every race from then until now currently. And when I ab- absolutely NASCAR, it was like, uh, what was it? 1948 yeah. to 1998 or 2008. It was like the 50 year anniversary or something like that. So yeah, you roughly, you're talking 50 years of actual archival footage, everything from actual beach races when they first were racing on the sand dunes of Daytona. They literally used to race on the actual beach, like before they built a racetrack. Because you didn't have anywhere. So where else can you go and drive for like long, you know what I mean? So so you can so they used to race there. Then they started building racetracks and then you started getting the you know the trophy girls and stuff. So I mean it's just a a a crazy history which Yes, it is. Uh, a, a lot of it is racial, but however, it is history nonetheless. So, um, since they own all of their videotapes, they naturally have a video library where they house and store ninety-four plus thousand videotapes at the time. Um, and having sports background, having television background, <laughs> having library background. It literally was a square peg in the round hole thing, right? Like where I literally, it, it was a per, it was a perfect match. Um, mm-hmm. I went and did the interview. I had I had three interviews with NASCAR. This was insane. Three interviews. Now, mind you, this was the this was my first big job ever. So we're talking. I'm 22 years old. I graduated school right. August 20. Or it's August 2007. Right. And then I started NASCAR February 11th, 2008, like right before the Daytona 500. And that's right. another thing, too. There was like, uh, we need all hands on deck because Daytona is their Super Bowl. So they're like, so, I mean, the we t- need t- all hands on perfect. deck. So that's why I got the, got the job, like right before the, the, the biggest race of the year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> really, it really was. And a lot of times that's. Yeah. It, Everybody just, always says just it's not as important, you know, if not, and all this that. But honestly, sometimes the time, you know, I, I used to, I used to joke so with a friend of mine that um, you know, if if uh, if Michael Jordan was right. born in no, uh, 1643, um, his jump shot wouldn't mean much, you know. <laughs> There's some time, you know. Hey, he might be just like a big, strong guy that could farm. Or something. <laughs> I, mean, I don't seriously. know, but right. he's certainly not going to be paid millions of dollars to sell people sneakers. You know, it's timing. He, he... Yeah. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's the luck of the draw, man. You just came out at the right time. And that's what it was. The 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 position came available. So I was uh yeah, so I'm sitting there thrust into a entry level position, you know, so I'm starting from the ground floor, but it's still very interesting. So I'm getting to meet producers, different people who are in the industry, people who've worked for NFL films, who've worked for M uh, Major League Baseball, uh, people who've uh, worked uh, worked on CNN, Larry King Live. Like I, I've worked in uh, rubbed elbows. And, and, and at this point, like you said, it's it's cool a, people, a, you know, and a somewhat of, of an entry uh, level position. You're a, a library coordinator, right? People. Um, correct. So, like, you know, I'm having to basically check in and out videotapes you know the the camera guys will shoot the race footage mm -hmm. from the previous weekend or you know the current weekend uh wherever the race is so our headquarters was in charlotte north carolina so let's say the race is in uh talladega alabama so all the race cars shoot, so you, all the drivers you literally say we've got shooters out here. so you've got shooters you've got camera people producers whatnot and they're producing the content <laughs> that you see on the television screen <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> we've got goons seriously man we would have about seven six or seven shooters uh craig johnson jeff barnhill brent bunton like i know i remember all these guys uh and they've shot other stuff too so they would literally set up in pit road shoot cars zooming by set up on different positions uh gather all that footage then they would uh we had a person who was an at track coordinator that i that became my position later but she would go to the racetrack gather mm -hmm. physically all the videotapes and then ship them to charlotte then I would be in Charlotte, receive the videotape, and then I would have to catalog and enter in everything. Okay, so we're at Talladega. It's the name of this race, this date. Uh, how many tapes are in this set? There's five. Um, this shooter shot it. Uh, it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. It's Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace. You know, so I would have to just basically right. just write what the shooters wrote on their tapes, like descriptively, and then catalog them. So that basically was the gist of the position for a while sure. um was literally a tape jockey now it was it wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't as it wasn't bad though because there were also loggers you know like the people who actually log log the footage like literally pop in the tape and say okay on turn left the car hit the <laughs> wall on the right hand side like they would physically log it and for some reason I guess mm. they thought that they were above this library position. Yeah. So everybody had that. Everybody had a run at the middle of the yeah. position. Right. So they were like, okay, internally, nobody wants it. So they hire me. So I get okay. there yeah. and they start me out at like, yeah, like absolutely. 14 bucks an hour. Right. So like, right out of, yeah. right out of college. <laughs> that's great. And I'm making more than them. So <laughs> everybody was like hating yeah. already. Cause they're like, wait, you're making what? And I'm like, well, I didn't know this the hell the job was here. <laughs> so um yeah that was that's was kind of the gist of how i got into okay. nascar and like i said that was the the preliminary kind of the ground floor then as i'm in there i work my way up i get to go on shoots i get to run okay. camera on some stuff i get to go to some races and i work my way up and okay. uh well well yeah and that's I'll, when i became I'll just say this, uh, Kyle, we, track coordinator we, we do have to, to take a uh, a quick break uh, for a message from uh, one of our lovely sponsors. 
Um, but uh, when we come back from the break, uh, you can get right back into the next phase of your career in NASCAR. And when you uh, transitioned out of that library coordinator role and began to travel, I, I think you told me there might have been Vegas trips or something or something like that. <laughs> oh, well, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but uh, there okay, may or well, may not have again, been. Again, we will uh, be right back after shenanigans this <laughs> with Kyle Barnes. And we are back. Again, we are with Kyle Barnes today, uh, who is going to continue his story. But Kyle, wasn't wasn't that sponsor that just played? Wasn't that the greatest sponsor of all time? Man, let me tell you something. Uh, if you guys aren't using Anchor FM, then you're doing it wrong. Oh, oh, snap. Shots fired. Shots fired. You know what's funny though? But it would it would be it would be great if instead of an anchor ad or an ad for someone else, I just spliced in like Nazi butter. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, so you won't believe like it. something. Uh, uh, if, if you like, if you like something, this is your sponsor, but then I end up, you know, tricking you into, you know, endorsing a, a Nazi. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, uh, wait, wait, what am I saying? Yes to per se. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh man. So, um, uh, when, when we left <laughs> off, we, uh, were, uh, discussing um, your journey from uh, your journey at NASCAR from uh, being a library coordinator um, into uh, uh, something of a larger role. So uh, why don't you kind of let us know what was going on there? Yeah. So um, yeah, like I was, like I was saying, uh, basically, um, I was, for lack of a better term, I used to call it tape jockey. <laughs> so. Right. The producers would, you know, let's say they're doing a piece on Jeff Gordon. So they'll come up to me. Hey, Kyle, uh, here's a list of all of the videotapes that have Jeff Gordon either winning, raising his hands in victory, just car or shots of the number 24 uh, Chevrolet DuPont. Um just anything like that. Like they would give me a list and I would have to either go or sometimes it'd be vaguer than that. Just say, Hey, can you find me stuff on Jeff Gordon? <sighs> okay. Give me like, you know, half hour. Yeah. And then I would have to go in our database, do the, do the detective work, do the dirty work, right. Go in the database, pull up uh, all of our different um, search modules and look up all the different tapes. And then I would have to physically uh, pull the videotapes. Then after, let's see, that was 2008 to eight, nine, 10. 2010 is when they started to switch over to digital. So they started digitizing all of the footage. Mm -hmm. So the producers can go online or go to their respective editing machines and pull the footage off of, you know, the file network mm -hmm. instead of having to go antiquated and pop in a physical videotape. So I kind of oversaw that transition as well. And after a while, I'm like, you know, okay, I'm sitting here, I'm handling tapes. They're letting me kind of go on shoots here or there. They let me set up a camera. I can run like second camera, but I'm not like getting like real burn, you yeah. know. Uh, NASCAR is still predominantly white. So with it, there were a lot of cameramen and a lot of industry people who were there, who were, who had been there for 15, 20, 30, 35 years. Was that, was that intimidating? 
No, it wasn't intimidating. What was intimidating was was that they would hire their son and their um, daughter, and then it would nepotism, be pure nepotism. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the NASCAR logo, I so badly wanted to get a shirt that said nepotism <laughs> in that man. NASCAR font. But if I wore that, it would be it would have been uh, World War Three. So there was it, there was no there was no benefit unless just 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 my being uh, being <laughs> right. petty um, to do that. But it, you can't tell me that I wouldn't have been an awesome shirt to wear. Now. I mean, it'd have been incredible. <laughs> so no, it, that that honestly was the most intimidating part uh, because you know, like I said, it's like man, come on, man. It's like I I have I have my I have experience. I have confidence and trust right. in it. Um, I know what I'm doing. I've been here, uh, you know. So I feel like, and and you know, it sounds arrogant or whatever, but I, I feel like I have earned th at least the the amount or enough respect to be able to be thrust into or be given a more important role right. or what have you. So it just kind of got stagnant. So I was I worked at NASCAR. Uh, the name of it was okay. NASCAR Media Group because that's who, like I said, produces all the content. So I worked at Media Group from 2008 to 2011, and then I left and I saw that there was a position open. I'm I'm looking on Indeed. I'm looking on uh, Teamwork Online. So for those of you who are interested or have a desire to possibly work in sports and or mm -hmm. that field, there is a website called teamworkonline.com okay. and it basically is indeed right. for right. sports jobs. Say it one more time. I just want to make yeah. sure we get it. Absolutely. It's teamworkonline.com and Teamwork Online is basically an indeed for literal sports teams and i mean everybody so when i mean the dallas cowboys to the dallas stars to the fort wayne <laughs> ants in the in the in the uh, basketball development league i mean any sports job that a team has mm -hmm. they will post it there so that's where i saw a position open for um what do you call it well what was the actual title okay. it's called video playback technician and this was for a subsidiary of NASCAR mm. called Motor Racing Network. So it, NASCAR is basically a, <laughs> is a giant scam where you have okay. the sanctioning body, which is NASCAR, right. and then you have ISC, which is okay. International Speedway Corporation. And they own the racetracks. So they actually own the physical racetracks the cars race on. But it's Sounds all like a real estate scheme. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 all the money is going into the name of the family is called the France family, and all of the money is going into their pockets. So they own they own the licensing and the the sanctioning body, but then they own the tracks that you have to race on. So either way it goes, you have to give them all the money. And NASCAR is privately owned, and ISC is public, wow. so you can't even buy wow. stock into NASCAR. <laughs> oh, it's great. But I had right. I had stock option when I went to ISC, so I transferred. So I got the position. Okay. Um, well, let me back. Let me backtrack for a second. So so before before I left the library, um, like I said, I'm kind of stagnant. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm tired of doing you know just sitting here uh, labeling all the tapes and stuff. So um, 
the position where you have to physically go to the racetrack and gather all of the footage to send mm-hmm. back to the person that was me, that position kind of became open. Uh, the girl who did it, Kara, she got promoted and uh, was she she became a producer or whatever. So, you know, she's like, hey, I can't be going to the track every week. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. here's a chance for me to go ahead and slide in. So I went to my manager. I'm like, hey, listen, the person who has mm-hmm. to send all these tapes back. Right. I was like, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be more beneficial or wouldn't it make more sense to have a mm-hmm. person who already handles the videotapes, who already labels them, who already knows what they look like and what they are, who can already kind of sort of pre-label right. them at the track now. and have them already kind of ready when to, once they're sent back? Oh, it was over. So I was just I was weaseling my way in, period. <laughs> and so she was like, man, you're right. OK, because the guy who. I guess was filling in or who filled Mm -hmm. in for that position while they were trying to look for it. He looking on his cell phone, not paying attention, walked into a trailer, like literally walked into the thing that that carries the race cars, had a concussion. (laughs) (laughs) It's called, it's called a hauler. A 50, it's called a hauler. It's a 50 foot (laughs) truck. The thing holds two freaking race cars. Okay. It holds your main race car, your backup race car. And like all the tools and all the stuff right. you need to work on it for the track at that race. Looking down, answering the email, answering the text, doing something, walking, <laughs> boom, bust his dome on the wow. trail, on the actual oh, truck. So he really mollywopped himself. He can't, fly. he can't fly for like, period. I mean, I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen my, I mean, when they say you really rocks yourself out, <laughs> I really, JD, you really wish you knocked yourself out. He knocked himself all the way out. So he, it was like, well, we're going to have to have somebody fill in for him at the track while he's out. And I'm like, hello. So they're like, okay, Kyle, go ahead and go. And I was like, people, they don't want, I was like, dude, y'all are scared to fly. Like what? Man, get out of here. So yeah, I right. basically got to fill in. Then that kind of came, became my position where I would go to the tracks and then I would gather all the tapes and then I would ship them back and uh, send send them back with a shooter or somebody that was going back to the building, um, which is now the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where they moved us to. So, um, yeah, that became my position. So now I'm just building resume material. Now I've got library experience. I've got cataloging experience. Now I've got editing experience. So I'm working on little projects. I'm shooting now. Uh, I've got lighting experience. I've got audio experience now, or, and I've got live TV experience from um, working at the college doing basketball games. Now I've got experience traveling, handling assets, handling hard drives, making sure all that stuff gets through CSA and security belts. Um, You know what I'm saying? We're talking like digital footage of like maybe 10, 12 uh, different pieces, footage, like just what have you. So like, I'm literally <laughs> the, the carrier that it's like Lord of the Rings. Like I have to, I have to get this thing to Mordor. Like I, I like I'm, I'm literally on my way to Mordor. It's so it's like, it's like, uh, you know, I was, they could, they could trust me with, you know, important stuff. So then I'm looking at the at teamwork online. I'm looking on that website and then a position came available, video playback technician. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. And it's like, well, this position requires up to 70% travel. I was like, your ears what? perked up as soon as, I mean, as, soon as you said, like, I got into mm-hmm. it. Like, well, I wanted to come see again. The world. 
<laughs> Dude, no, I'm no, serious. No, you're, so you're, you're like, you know, again, I'm 20. Let's see. At that time, I said 2011. Okay. No, so I'm like 23. I'm like, no, no, excuse me. I'm like 25. I'm like 25 years old. So I'm 25, <laughs> no kids. I'm not married. I'm like, yo, let's go. And I interviewed for the position and they were like, yes. So basically what you'll be doing is you'll be doing our okay. lack of better in television. It's, it's, it's called master control, but for what we were doing, it's a little bit different because what I was, I was a part of the crew that was the in arena okay. fan entertainment screen program for all the racetracks. Right. Oh, so yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. you've been to, before, uh, before WWE, the whole world shut down, wrestling. I went to you've WrestleMania 35. All, it was <laughs> come on now. I was... <sighs> Man, okay. like I said, I have okay. not okay. been to WrestleMania yet. I've been show. to we can do that. That's, that's uh, Extreme this Rules. Is my show. I've been to uh, some pay-per-views. I've been to, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so so yeah, man, like, like I said, um, Again, being a sports fan, like this position was perfect. So basically what we did was we did all of the fan mm -hmm. interactive stuff for the screens for the racetracks <laughs> at every racetrack. So I, I know, unfortunately, you said you were a Jets fan. I'm sorry. But um, whenever you go to uh, No Life Stadium, I mean, it's MetLife Stadium. It's never been an easy road. I, I, I'll be the first one to admit that. <laughs> Look, coming from a Dolphins fan, listen, I'm look, I'm look, I'm we're right in purgatory together. So you don't even have to you don't even have to say it. But no, like when you go to the when you go to MetLife Stadium and then you know after uh Jets make a first down okay. or whatever, okay. you see all the noise meter and you see the replay and all that stuff. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. I literally cut out I cut out all the replays, I built all the commercial breaks. Um we had an on-air talent, you know, so we'd have the guy, hello, race fans, and welcome here to Daytona, the World Center of Racing, and we have an amazing race for you today. Make sure you go check out your concessions and make sure you eat your hot dogs and all. Like, mm -hmm. our guy would record those, and then they would bring me that videotape. I'd be in the truck, the broadcast truck, which was outside of the racetrack, right? So there's a whole TV compound. Um, Fox, TNT, all those guys are, you know, in the same compound in their respective respective broadcast trucks and so i would cut out the footage and you know insert it into our run of show you know i'm sitting here with a headset on we've got a technical director a producer our graphics person and then me wow. doing the replays so yeah i'm sitting there doing legitimate live television broadcasting you know at every nascar race so i got to go to daytona phoenix miami vegas like we said uh to Dallas, Texas, Watkins Glen, which is upstate New York, like um uh where else was a cool uh, another cool place. So yeah, man, like I've NASCAR was right. bittersweet in that yes, it is a predominantly white company. Yes, it is a predominantly white sport. Yes, when you go to the track, you are going to deal with those crazy Confederate flag waving fans mm -hmm. and you know people who don't want to see people that look like us there. However, I relished in the fact and it made me that much wow. stronger and it made me that much more Man, proud to know that's, that that's deep. I'm standing I, I, where that, you want to nah, be. I, I, that's, that's, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if there's really a better way to look at it. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, 
people can go into that type of situation and get down on themselves or, uh, you know, kind of say, ah, oh, well, you know, I don't belong here. But, you know, I think with that outlook, you knew you belonged there. Let, so let me let me ask you. I'm going to ask you a couple oh, of things. No, it was mine. It was mine. We uh, kind of you know. wrap up here. So you, you talked you talked about how much traveling you did. You know, Miami, sure. Vegas. What was your wildest trip? Now let's keep it PG. I, I don't. You know. I, listen. You know. Well, we we won't go crazy, but. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. Wow, let's all right. So people ask me, I get this question all the time. You know, it's like, hey, you traveled, you've been all over, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with NASCAR, like what what what's the coolest place or what's the wildest thing you've seen? What's the thing? So I always have to kind of break it down into kind of two parts. So it's like, okay, the wildest place and and or the like best time or right. the best travel right. destination or like which is the best city. Then you've got which is the best racetrack. Like if you are going to be a racing nerd, where does the best place to actually see it? So I'll answer it like this. Mm. The coolest city that is on the is on the NASCAR yeah. circuit to me. Okay. And this is okay. coming from a, it's, it's, a, it's a dry heat out there, isn't it? Country from South Carolina <laughs> is Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix. Woo! Oh my gosh, it is. It's a dry, it's definitely a dry heat. Same thing with Vegas. It's, I mean, it would be 110 <laughs> degrees outside, but like you, it, but it's different. You, it's, you're, you don't, you don't sweat. You don't sweat. You, I'm serious. It's, it's, it's different, man. Like you can literally cut the humidity with a knife in the South. So you don't sweat, but like, yeah, oh, it is. It does get like wow. 95, 100, 102, you know, in Phoenix. And then at nighttime, it's 60 and breezy and it's ridiculous oh it's 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 amazing and i mean it's beautiful like the cacti the sunsets like the food it's 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 really a, i was i was pleasantly surprised when i got to phoenix and i'm like okay i really like it out here this yeah. is a real good yeah. cool place you know obviously like like i said you know miami is miami but it's touristy is all get out so it's expensive as you know what and you know so it's like you know that's a but as far as that phoenix now, as far as the racing is concerned, if you want to go see, like, okay. all right, where can I see some, like, legit action? I want to see, like, a good race. Um, any of the short tracks, so Bristol in Virginia, because they're they're close together, it's a mile, it's a one-mile track. So, you know, and it's built like a legit coliseum. So, you know, they're doing, like, bumping and rubbing and, like, they're doing some hard racing. Uh, Martinsville is the same. It's another short track. But, honestly, Richmond. Richmond, Virginia, it's a really good race because it's like a mm. it's right at a mile and a half. But how the track is set up, it's set up for really good wide racing, like three, four wide, a lot of passes. Um, so yeah. it's not just those super speedways where it's like two miles and they just get out in front and just go. And they're just in a straight line like you actually see some racing. And then uh -huh. so, yeah, so I would say <laughs> Phoenix and then for the cool city, I'd say. <laughs> Richmond for the good racing. And as far as wild, well, <clears throat> I mean, obviously Vegas is Vegas and that's pretty wild, but I'm going to tell you. And those rednecks in Alabama, 
know how Talladega Nights is what you is what you're telling me right now. Talladega, Talladega, Alabama, (laughs) the infield, right? So obviously you got the dude Talladega Nights, Talladega Mornings, Talladega Evening. It was so like uh, at the racetrack, you know, you've got the middle infield where you can if you have a hauler or a camper or rv you know you can buy a camping ticket and (laughs) they let you camp out inside the racetrack i've ever seen in my life barbecue sauce wrestling barbecue sauce wrestling wow Um, you know you had my curiosity sir but now you have my <laughs> right, I mean, you could just smell sweet baby rays for miles. Like it was disgusting. They would have a blow up. Listen, they had a blow up pool. They would have like an inflatable blow up pool. They'd fill the thing up with barbecue sauce. They'd have sure. two, sure, uh, let's say scantily clad okay. ladies. <laughs> and I will say ladies because they they will they would have two scantily clad ladies, absolutely. <laughs> wrestle each other in the vat of barbecue sauce yes with people walking all around yeah woo, cheering yelling screaming it was insane uh every every rv oh has at least some sort of a dance pole yes i'm talking fitted to the rv so yes if, if 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 you want to get limber or if you want to stretch <laughs> you can do that <laughs> and then uh let's see what's the other crazy thing oh the oh I, this is so this is so disgusting y'all the the rating um, they would have every day they'd have guys sit on top of the rv and they'd have a poster board and they had um, the number man. from one to ten oh, whenever a lady would walk by they just hold up a number it's so bad it's so it's it's debauchers i've literally they somebody told me someone someone that nascar told me this. it's this literally redneck vegas and once i got there <laughs> you see what i'm saying Look, i can't either i can't either i'm you not don't, listen you don't you don't, you don't make the news you're just reporting it that's what you're trying to say <laughs> is, uh, look these are not the extensions the, these are not the opinions uh, and thoughts and consent written and expressed by <laughs> Kyle and it's a lot of like, I'm serious man it was so crazy so like yeah man uh, they would have a lot of debauchery and oh, just that's, jello that's, shots that's kind of and just movie. random lap dance movie. contests yeah. just um, in the middle of so so, uh... <laughs> so but like I said, man, I saw some saying all that to say NASCAR afforded me some some really cool adventures, some really cool stories. Um, mm-hmm. It got me some really cool experience. Um, I, I don't work in NASCAR anymore. Uh, I'm not in the television field anymore, but uh, uh, I do want to I do obviously oh. want to get back yeah. in it. Uh, yeah. it's, someday, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, Listen, it's hard sports, for everyone to make moves. Is, uh, and I think that there, there's a, a big sense amongst a lot of people. Where you know they just think, okay, if I have something stable, if you know if my bills are paid and I, you know, I'm safe, I'm just going to kind of stay the course, you know. So, you know, it's it's hard to take risks in a time like this, you know, um, you know. But I I really hope you get out there, man. I I really hope you get out there, um, at some point because I mean, listen, this interview has been incredible. Um, I I mean I I can't even you know thank you enough 
for being on the show. Your your perspective is, I mean, this 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 turned out this turned out better than my wildest dreams. Um, but one, I had one more question. No, of course, man. I and I mean that. Um, I, I did have one more question before we got out of here. Right, um, you, I just wanted you Absolutely. to uh, briefly tell me about Token Black Guy. Sure. Oh, yes. Well, okay. So yeah, Token Black Guy is a kind of a pet project of mine that I'm working on, little little baby of mine. But basically, it's just a personal kind of lifestyle blog slash podcast that I'm doing that is focuses on that one black guy who goes to and usually enjoys yeah. certain activities that society and folklore have deemed white by industry standards. <laughs> uh, these activities are normally Fair experienced under go. the influence of highly potent strains of cannabis, which has been prescribed by my doctor and is legal. But yeah, you can check it out at tokenblackguy.com, T-O-K-I-N-B-L-K-G-U-Y.com. And I'm working on the podcast now, actually, and I am doing it through the wonderful channels of Anchor. Awesome, FM. man. Well, listen, so you can um, find that on I, I don't want to I don't want to invite myself over your house or nothing. Guy. But if uh, if you're ever looking for a guest on the show, I, I'm I, you know, I, I, I'm around. I'm around. I'm just I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh I'm looking to actually have a first guest on here, and I don't know why you would not be the wonderful and perfect candidate for that. Like, I, I, I'm, I literally am looking to record my first actual episode. I've done musings, but to have an actual person to talk to, to re to interview, and someone that has a very interesting podcast that. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. Well, I'm with dude, it. You are the Kyle. Person, Kyle so Barnes. Yes. Let's thank you. Thank you so much happen. for being here, man. This was. This was. This was dope. This is. <laughs> this was. This was a revelation, man. This is. This is. This was really an experience for me. Dude, I'm so. Absolutely, man. Like I said, thank you so much for having me. Um, thanks for sharing my story. And um, look. It's if if you think that there's a black man working at NASCAR, if you think that's something, thank else you, man. Day, thank you so, thank you, you so much. Um, store for y'all. Take care, everybody. Uh, if you want to uh, follow the show, uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook at Things You Don't See Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Things You Don't See Podcast. If you type us into YouTube, uh, uh, Things You Don't See Every Day with Chris Tally Farrow, we pop up. Um, not on Twitter, not a Twitter guy. Uh, if you guys want me to be there, I'll go there if you want, but nothing set up. Let me know. Um, but reach out, support. And um, Kyle, again, thank you one more time. And uh, take care, everybody. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Van Horn for Senate. Jenna Van Horn is running for a state Senate seat in North Dakota. If she wins, she will be the first elected black person to grace North Dakota's government. Only 2% of North Dakota is black, so she's got a tough race ahead. As a farmer and mother of two, she hopes to bring power back to the people by putting the servant back in public service. 
If you'd like to donate to her campaign, you can find her on Act Blue by searching Jenna Van Horn, or you can visit her Facebook page, Van Horn for Senate District 14, and the link is posted there. Together, we rise.